Hello, my friends. My name is Madge, and this is the MadgeCast, where we contemplate the feasibility of turning the Earth around 365 times backwards in order that we may get a do-over of the last year of America. I apologize in advance if my tones are a little less dulcet than usual this week. I've got a little cold going on, and also period cramps, and also the country is in flames. I'm a little fired up right now, to tell you the truth, because of some discussions I've had recently with other liberals about how we need to open our arms to the quote-unquote moderate Trump voter. There was this New York Times article this week that told the story of several Trump voters who are feeling ostracized by the liberals in their lives. Like, oh man, they can't get any women on Tinder to fuck them or even meet them if they admit that they voted for a totally craven megalomaniac. They can't even enjoy any Meryl Streep movies anymore. What a bitch. And so many liberals I talk to are like, well, yes, we need to avoid alienating these moderate Trump people. We should try to talk to them and understand their point of view. And my response to that, um, if you know me at all, you can probably predict it exactly. It is that is horse shit. Because how can anyone approve of the Donald and what he's doing and honestly be considered moderate? No fucking way. You vote for an observably racist, misogynist, horrible person, and now you want my sympathy for other people holding you accountable for your choice? This kind of false equivalency drives me crazy because Trump voters weren't born that way, right? They decided to be that way. They looked at all the fucked up things this guy has done. And they decided that's all fine because Muslims are scary or the people on TV think they're smarter than me or there's just something I don't trust about Hillary and it's all bullshit. These people fucked up and I for one have absolutely no problem with them experiencing these very mild social consequences of their error, especially because real people are experiencing much more tangible consequences of that awful decision that they made. I'm not about being tolerant of this. I'm not about being tolerant of white supremacists and fucking men's rights activists and people who think that everyone else in the world is a loser or greedy or an asshole except people just like them. Um, I, in fact, am about taking these people down and denying them platforms of power in any way that I can. In short, I am an intolerant liberal and proud of it. Um, Now, Intolerant Liberals is not just a fantastic band name. It's the name of an article that I read recently that um, it made me raise my fist in the air the entire time I was reading it. Because there's this bullshit game that conservatives try to play with us. In fact, one conservative dude tried to play it with me just today. Like, oh, you want me to be tolerant of black people, but you don't tolerate me being a racist asshole? You want me to be nice to Muslims, but you aren't being nice to me. Uh, But here's the thing. I don't give a shit about being nice. Niceness and tolerance and everyone getting along is not what liberalism is about. Liberalism is about justice. Um, Here's a quote from this amazing article. The progressive liberal agenda isn't about being nice. It's about confronting evil, violence, trauma, and death. It's about acknowledging the ways systemic power, systemic oppression, systemic evil, 
work in our world around us. I'm not fighting for diversity. I'm not fighting for tolerance. I'm fighting to overturn horrific systems of dehumanizing oppression. Amen is my response to that. Um, Do not come at me with this idea that it's on me to reach out to the assholes who did this to America and be tolerant of them and make them feel loved or some shit. These people had the chance to vote for a dedicated and experienced public servant who wanted to expand health care and improve education and get at least some of the money out of politics, and they chose to vote for an evil game show host instead. So I'm not interested in talking to those people. Frankly, I don't have time to talk to those people. There's too much work to do to try to protect at least some of the folks that they chose to fuck over and at least some of the environment, some of the schools, some of the inkling of common human decency that they just put a torch to. So personally, I hope that none of them can ever enjoy a Meryl Streep movie ever again. And I hope no one ever goes out with them or even considers fucking them. I want them to die virgins, watching reruns of The Apprentice, choking on overcooked steak. And yet, there are so many of them. If you've listened to my podcast before, you know my position, which is that I believe that we should shoot them into the sun because there's literally no other possible use for them. But sadly, this isn't realistic, right? There's not a spaceship big big enough to do this yet. So we're stuck with them, um, at least for now. And I don't know what to do with them. Do you? Probably the most Bananagrams thing I read last week was an article about this very point. And this article warned against impeaching Trump because of the 100 million rabid Trumpodites out there who believe some cr- super crazy shit, like they listen to Alex Jones. And um, they actually think that this super rich old white man in a diaper is in any way an outsider to the establishment that they claim to hate so much. The um, author of this article says that if we crazy fact-loving establishment people impeach the Donald for any of his many, many nefarious and compromised misdeeds, he warns that the hundred million will simply refuse to participate in America anymore. Like, um, I don't know, they'll stop selling us their crops and driving trucks or I don't know exactly, but uh, the author paints a doomsday scenario where the whole country and the economy grinds to a halt because the Trump folks simply decide to check out. Um, And I think that this article ends in some pretty far-fetched conclusions, but the first half of it is kind of terrifying because if this guy is right, um, even if he is wrong by half and, you know, there's 50 million people and not 100 million people, I don't know what to do about that. Um, You know, if they, A, don't believe in facts and B, think America as a concept is total bullshit, how do you put those pieces back together again so that we can function and move forward? How do you make people believe in science again? How do you restore the faith that people have lost in the institutions that keep things going? If that many people's brains are that broken and unavailable to facts, I just don't know where we go from there. I mean, even if we do get the Donald out of office quickly, even if we do find more progressive candidates to run in two years, 
and we somehow t- turn the tide of corporatocracy in our government, um, what do we do with all these Fox News brainwashing victims? What do we do with people who sincerely think that Donald is doing a great job as president? How do we unbreak their brains? And to me, this is bigger than tolerance, right? It's bigger than liking Trump voters or not, or believing in any particular narrative about what got us to the place that we're in. We're in this place, and there is a fundamental existential question here. If American corporatocracy has driven so many people so completely mental, how do we bring any of them back? And is that even a worthy goal? Um, I mean, a lot of them are old and won't be part of the public, public discourse for quite as long. So what do we do? Do we write them off? How do we build any kind of future that has a place for them that they will accept as good or useful and reasonable or even dealable? Um, I think about this question a lot, and um, I don't have any answers But one of my heroes is um, the writer Ursula Le Guin. And a year or so ago, she gave a short speech, which I'll link to it along with all the other articles that I've mentioned in the show notes. The speech she gave was fire. And I'm going to quote a little bit of it for you now because it speaks directly to the questions that um, I've been talking about here. So here's Ursula. Hard times are coming when we'll be wanting the voices of writers who can see alternatives to how we live now, can see through our fear-stricken society and its obsessive technologies to other ways of being and even imagine real grounds for hope. We'll need writers who can remember freedom, poets, visionaries, realists of a larger reality. And um, she goes on to say, we live in capitalism its power seems inescapable. So did the divine right of kings. And when she says that, everyone in the crowd goes crazy um, because she's totally right. We are so deep into this world um, and it's so deep into us that it's hard to imagine any alternatives. But um, that's exactly what we need to do. And I'm not sure what this larger reality looks like, But I am thinking about it almost all the time. And there are parts that I can envision. Like I can envision a world where ultimate wealth is not the ultimate goal. Where women have as much wealth and power and possibility as men do. Where people of color have as much much wealth and power and possibility as white people do. Where disabled people can get the care they need and also a seat at the table of power where people have the freedom to express themselves and be who they are um, and love who they want to love and not get stomped for it, where institutions and governments serve people rather than themselves. Um, I can envision a society that values the flourishing of humans and other life forms above all else. But, um, you know, life clearly is not a novel, right? I can't just pick my starting point after all of this that we're in right now. We have to somehow get from where we are to where we want to be. And that starts with envisioning where we want to be and then mapping out a course to get there. Um, And to me, 
That's the conversation that I'm interested in having. Not how to get some fool on Reddit to respect facts, but um, what we're going to build out of this shitstorm. So if you have any ideas on this, I would super love to hear them. Uh, If you have anything else you'd like to share with me, I would love to hear that too. And you can find me on the internet, uh, on Twitter, at Magilou. Um, You can find me via email at BeLessCrazy at gmail.com. You can find me on my website, BeLessCrazy.com. I always love hearing what y'all are thinking about, so please don't hesitate to holler at me. Uh, You can also subscribe to this podcast or leave a review on iTunes. And um, yeah, thanks for listening to me this week and um, all the weeks doing this podcast is helping me be less crazy in a big way, and I hope that it's helping you um, in any small way as well. Thanks again, guys. Stay strong.